grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, 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 welcome to tonight's show. How is everybody tonight? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good myself. Um, while we wait for the guests to come, my name is Charlotte, and I'm the uh, owner-operator of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We're 35 strong um, up and down the state of California. We also have teams in Washington, Oregon, Nevada, and um, Hawaii, for that matter. And uh, so if you need any paranormal help or you think you might have something paranormal going on in your home, give us a call. Or shoot us an email at www.californiahaunts.org. All right. Um, welcome to the radio show. This radio show website is www.californiahauntsradio.com. And I welcome you. I'm waiting for our guest to sign on tonight. Um, I don't know what's going on. This is the second guest this week that's had trouble getting in here. Um, we've been back and forth with email. Um, she's been requesting the link to join the show, and I keep sending it. And she says she doesn't get it. Got it out to her this morning, a couple of times last night. Still haven't heard anything, so I may have to do this myself again tonight. Um, and I apologize for that. I don't know what's up with the crossed wires and stuff with, with this email. Anyway, we'll give her a couple minutes, but uh, I'm um, highlight some stuff that we're doing. Saturday, I'm teaching an uh, advanced psychic, um, intermediate psychic development class. Uh, you can find that at www.californiahauntsradio.com. Uh, sign, uh, go up to events and you can sign up there for that class. Also, um, I am teaching a ghost hunting 101 extra class with equipment in that it takes a real hard, hard look at, at different ghost hunting equipment, uh, more so than what people are used to. You know, it's not a case of walking in somewhere and simply waving the wands around, you know, and looking like you know what you're doing with the equipment. You have to really, really know the ins and outs of the ghost hunting equipment that you're using. So uh, I'll be teaching that the week, the Saturday after, Saturday after this Saturday, I'll be teaching that. You can also find that class at www.californiahauntsradio.com and check it out under events as well. Um, I don't know what's going on. Um, she uh, kept saying she wasn't getting the links to the show and I kept emailing back, back and forth. So it doesn't look like we have a guest tonight. That's twice this week, and I don't know what's up with that. And let me email her one more time. See if there's a phone number I can reach her at real quick. Just give me a second. Sometimes you just don't want to get out of bed, and this is one of those times. Let's see. Is there a phone number I can reach her at because... Like I said, I have been emailing her all week about this, and she apparently never got the link or something's going on weird with email. So it's a shame because this would have been a really good show. Lizzie Borden. Every time I want to do a show on Lizzie Borden, it never works out. Uh, I've been trying to do a, do a show on Lizzie Borden for um, years. Let's see. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to do a show on uh, on Lizzie Borden for many years since I even had my original blog talk show. And, um, yeah, and it uh, just doesn't seem to be happening. So I don't know what's going on, and I'm right. Anyway, welcome. So what are we going to talk about today? Since our guest isn't here... We can talk about anything you guys want to talk about. I don't understand what, like I said, this is the second one this week. I don't understand what's going on with this. Um, again, uh, we were sending links back and forth. In fact, I got a verified message. What was it on uh, November 8th about it? And then I went ahead and sent her a link. So let me try one more thing here, and then I'll see what's going on with her. And then we'll talk about some stuff. I got, you know, It's not like I don't have enough stuff to talk about, because I do. So let me get a contact thing going here. Just give me a second. Let me try this email address here. 
Let me get this in here. One more time. But she kept asking for a link. I kept sending a link, and apparently she never got the link. So I'm going to try one more thing here, and then we'll I'll just we'll talk about ghosties. So give me a minute. I'm emailing her right now, so just bear with me. So let's do it from this email address and see if she gets it. Oh, this email address. There. Okay. So we'll wait see if she gets it off of this email address. Anyway, I apologize. Like I said, this has been going back and forth um, all week with her where she claimed she wasn't getting my emails. So I don't know if somehow my email address was blocking because we're both, we both have a Gmail account. And... Wow, I was so looking forward to this show. I really was. And let me try this one. Okay, just give me a second. Let me copy this one right here. Let's try another address. Then I'm going to send it off in the Gmail account, see if she gets it. It's just been, like I said, it's been really confusing because she kept emailing back, saying she wasn't getting it, so... I'm going to try one more thing, and then I'm going to BS here for a while with you guys and see if she doesn't come back on. Let's see. Just give me a minute, um, and then I'll be on. Let's try it now, see if I can get a last-minute one over to her. Of course, that didn't do it. Let me get the link here from StreamYard, and I can do that. But it's just been really confusing, and I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's the second one this week that this has happened with, so. Okay. Let's see. All right, I'll fire that one off and see if that one works. Okay, anyway, um, in the meantime, let's talk about some ghosts. Yeah, we're going to talk about some haunted houses um, and some different things. Um, recently, National Geographic came up to Placerville, and um, I, hadn't, I didn't have anything to really talk about because he was doing a story on it, and I hope, I hope it runs in National Geographic. He came up to stay at, at one of the haunted inns in Placerville, and um, he wanted information on people that, that buy haunted houses on purpose to live in them. Um, I've had one or two clients that that have done that, but they didn't really want to go on record. But you know, there are people that that look for haunted houses so that they can so that they can move in. The problem with that is that sometimes they get lucky and they and they get into some really cool places, and then there's other times when they get in over their heads, and that's when they have to call you know teams like mine out to go out and um, help and do it all. But there are the you know like around around my area too. I mean, there's a couple haunted houses in this neighborhood that that I know are haunted, even though there's nothing said about it. But you can tell because the houses, um, you can tell when a place is haunted because if if you look at the the records of the owners that that buy the houses, you're you're going to notice that there's a lot of turnover in that house. And maybe you know some people will stay maybe a couple months. Maybe the max somebody will stay is five months, maybe six months. But if you if if, if you're ever looking for a house and 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 it's, and it's going cheap, and you start looking at the back record on a house and you realize that the house is, has been you know being resold, sold and resold for like every five six months, then you got to start thinking that there might be something going on in there, because I know there's a law about you know they they have to tell you when somebody's died in the house or if there is a ghost in the house. There's a law for that. But some, a lot of the, you know, the majority of the time they're not going to tell you because they want to sell their house. They don't want to get stuck with some house that they can't sell. So that's something that you have to look for when you're out purchasing a house. You know, just just look real close at the paperwork. You, you can even Google that stuff on, online. You can get it from Reddit or, or, or Truel or any of those places. And you can tell how, how many times that house is sold and, and, and how long the people owned it and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's something to look out for because people do do that. I mean, we have a guest coming on at the end of the month that that bought a house, you know, fairly cheaply with with, with her kids. You know, it was a single mother, and 
she wondered why the house it was this beautiful two-story house and why this house was so cheap you know so low priced and then she found out because the reality of it all was that they only spent like three days in the house they couldn't stay any longer you know and they didn't, they didn't fully move in they, they ended up having issues while they were fixing the house up Okay, stuff was going on. So she's going to be on the 30th with us to talk about that. And she's got a real spooky story to tell, believe me, you know, about that stuff. But you have to be, you have to watch. Just like there's houses here in Sacramento where there have been tremendous murders and stuff that have happened to them. A real good example of that is the Dorothea Puente house that's over on F Street. And I remember when they uh, were getting ready to arrest her and my dad was always one of these people that liked to chase ambulances and stuff and so he had us out there, and we went to McDonald's and grabbed some burgers, and my mom and dad and I were sitting out there and watching the police bring evidence from this lady's backyard where she had allegedly, at the time allegedly, buried um, bodies of, 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 of people that had been living in her boarding house. But a lot of these people that were living there didn't have any relatives, really. I mean, because most of them were either had, had, had mental issues or or they were alcoholics, or they were homeless, you know, so they had no connection to anybody in the outside world, really. So what she would do is she would she would drug them, and then, you know, overdose them to the point where she could drag them out, and she, she'd bury them in her backyard, and um, not that she would bury them, she would have one of the people in the house bury them, you know, like, like one, one of the men dig the holes, and then somehow she would, because she wasn't a very big woman, she, she was a fairly small, small-built woman, she would somehow drag them out into the yard and put them, in, you know, in, in, these, in these graves and, 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 and bury them, literally in the yard, you know, and then she'd, she'd plant flowers and stuff, over, you know, over the top of the graves. So, um, once the police arrested her and everything, and they cleaned the house up, and all that went down. I, I happen to know the owners because the owners of that, who, who I don't know if they still own the house, but at one time the owners who bought that house were the same people that owned the haunted bookstore in Placerville on Main Street. So I happened to um, talk with them. I never got a chance to go in the house, but they did tell me stories about sounds that they heard where they were seeing her, you know, where, where, where they would see her shadow in the hallways. Or they would feel her presence when they were lying in bed and stuff. You know, th things like that that were going on in that house. And I know uh, Nancy Bradley, the celebrity psychic, had gone in there a couple of times. And, and I know, was it was it Ghost Hunters went in there or Ghost Adventures? Somebody went in that house. And um, they had been in con they had come in contact with the ghost of a older female that hung out in the corners, you know, like, like, like kind of stalking around the bedrooms in the corners, like, like like she was watching people sleep or she was getting ready to give people um, their nightcap to make them sleep, right? So, um, wow, you know, so that's one of the more active houses, but I, I, don't, I don't know if it's changed hands. It could be the same family there. I haven't checked on it in a, in, in a long while because it, kind of, it kind of died down. You stopped hearing about it, you know, so either the people that owned it, you know, kind of, died down or maybe they sold it and then the people that ended up moving in behind them you know don't say anything about what's going on in, the, in those old house you know, in that old house but there's definitely activity in that in, in that house and it's in and they, and they suspect that she not only had them buried out in the backyard that she had buried them because there is a bit there is a basement crawl area under the house so there's suspicions that there's body, there's still bodies in there and the only reason why she got caught is because, like I said, a lot of these people were were folks that um, didn't really have family members, but she did bury, you know, she did manage to kill one that had a, um, a daughter, and she didn't know it. And what she would do, see, she would go down, she would get them to give her power of attorney, so she would go, you know, she would collect all their checks you know, all their social security checks, and then she would go down and put them in the bank. And so the daughter, or this guy started, when he disappeared, there was a daughter or a niece or something, when, when he disappeared, she started to wonder what happened to his money, and then when she started tracing it back, she realized that this woman had power of attorney over his money. So she was cashing in all these checks, you know? And then the strange thing was, was that too, um, when she was under suspicion, it's kind of like the Brian Laundry thing, you know, what happened with Brian Laundry because 
they couldn't, you know, initially they couldn't prove that anything had been done wrongfully with her. So she, you know, while they were searching the house and stuff, she was allowed to, to do, to go about her business where, you know, she would go down, she used to hang out at this bar down the street where she'd go out and have drinks with people in the evening or she'd go shopping or whatever. So they, because they had no, no, no probable cause to hold her. So she went all these places, right? So finally, um, one of the news stations here in town got in, kind of got in trouble because for some reason she had to go to Los Angeles or something like that. And somewhere along the line, the news, the news crew went with her. And so it caused a big to-do because the police weren't with her and stuff like that. So it, it was a big mess. But they finally arrested her. I think she, I, I do believe she finally passed away. I think it was last year. But she did kill five to six, maybe seven people, maybe more. But uh, they were buried. They ended up finding the, um, excuse me, they ended up finding the bodies in, in her backyard. And that house is still there. It's it's a really cool looking Victorian, and uh, you can drive by and go real slow. You know, it's it, it, it's a unique house because of the way that it's gated in the front and stuff. But I remember people would go by. Like I said, you know, we everybody would be sitting out there while the police were bringing, were bringing out the bodies in the body bags and and people were having lunch and stuff watching watching all this go down so so it was rather fascinating another house is the uh um the old governor's mansion that's another haunted one where um they the that they've seen apparitions in that place um you know how, like, you, you go into old places and, and they have those um, barricades up, you know, like those um, velvet barricades up that, that are attached to, to the metal poles. And people have witnessed, while they're in this in this mansion, people have witnessed that uh, the barricade um, parts will unsnap by themselves and fall to the ground while they're walking by or while they're standing in the room taking their tour. But that's another thing. If, if you ask them about it, they're going to deny it because it's a, it's a state thing, you know, for California. So they don't want people thinking that the place is haunted, but there's a lot of um, reports of this happening at, at, at the, at, at the old governor's mansion. Now they built a new governor's mansion out by where I live. And that one's also reportedly haunted. That one was reportedly built on a native American. There's a lot of native American ground out here by the river. And, the reports on that one is that that was built over Native American burial ground. And back then, they didn't have the types of, when they built this thing, they didn't have the types of uh, real tight laws where, you know, if, if, if they find a bone or, or they find beads, they, they have to stop construction and call on an anthropologist right away to look, at the, to, to look at the site. They didn't have that back then. So essentially, they built this thing on native american ground and not one governor has wanted to live in there and the one that you know that i think there was only one that tried to live in there and then they got out right away and that's another one where they they can't get people to live in there at all and there's rumors that uh with that one and i'm getting i'm getting this from from um dennis hawk's book um dennis hawk used to live in, i don't know if he still lives in sacramento but he was a fa he was a famous ghost hunter back in the day and um, according to him, people would hear screaming down the halls there, and then they would see like a skull coming down the hall screaming at night in, in this governor's mansion. Um, but uh, from my understanding is that no one wants to live there, even though I think there might be people there now. But, you know, I think it just depends on who it is, too. You might get a family that might have kids that are sensitive, or maybe the wife's sensitive, or somebody in that family is sensitive. And it's kind of like it's kind of like you get the perfect storm because, you know, whatever it is 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 in the grounds of the house. You know, you might get in th th that imprint from the Native Americans are, are in the ground. And then if you get the right person under the right conditions living there, you're going to get activity. We did a house in um, Rockland where the girl, let me make sure, I'm just going to make sure I can check the email while I'm sitting here. Okay. Um, there's a house in Rockland that we did. Here's some railroad tracks. And that's stuff we look for, too. We look at railroad tracks. We, we look for power lines because power lines cause, you know, cause high EMF. High EMF can make you paranoid with stuff. So when we go on an investigation, we look for stuff like that. But in this particular house, um, we get out there, and all my investigators got headaches. And um, I remember 
that the the owner telling me that he had a teenage daughter that used to watch ghost hunters and, and those kind of shows and and she thought it was funny that you know that that there were ghosts and so she would challenge just as a joke you know without realizing that there was anything going on and and uh, attached to the land there you know she she would laughingly say hey bring it on bring it on bring it on i want to see some ghosts i want to see some ghosts well they started seeing stuff in the house sure enough they the first thing they started seeing was a was a what looked like a an animal a black animal that was about knee high run, running along the floors and they couldn't explain what it was but they'd see it go up and down the stairwell and you know it was running along the floors and they also saw a little boy in the house okay objects would move around the house um and the other thing too sometimes clients don't tell us everything when we're out there so what they neglected to tell us was that they were doing laundry in their laundry room and something had ripped the dryer door off and thrown it across the room now when you're looking at demonic stuff or something that's dark or something that's not of this earth one thing that's criteria with that is a regular ghost i'm not if you run of the mill ghost but a normal ghost spirit can only lift up to two to three pounds anything beyond that takes a lot of force of energy and usually anything that can that can rip a door off like that or anything that has that kind of energy to do that is going to be not of this earth okay it's going to be demonic or something to have that much power to do that um, I've even read this in other books, John Zaffis, you know, so other people that have been out in the field, you know, there's cases with demonic, you know, with demonic stuff where they have ripped doors off hinges in people's houses. I mean, that's how, how much power they have, or they pick somebody up and throw them against a the wall. That's how you know you're running into demonic stuff. And when we go out with our paperwork and we're questioning clients and stuff, these are the questions we ask, you know, just, you know, have you ever had anything really heavy physically broken in the house or thrown or anything like that. Yes. I'll tell them that. The orders in Old Town, yes. Um so you run into that. So while we're at this house before you know the, the client left us in the house, while we're at this house, my investigators came out and reported that they could hear furniture and stuff being thrown around in some of the rooms while, while they were like while they were like in the kitchen area set setting their gear up. But they would go look in the rooms and nothing was moved. So anyway, this is when we you know we're getting ready to go. I'm on the phone because I'm usually talking. We didn't have a psychic with us that night, so I'm usually on the phone with somebody doing a remote read to figure out what what the hell it is we're dealing with, especially when we're hearing noises and stuff and shit and seeing shadows on the walls and stuff. I want to know what what it is we're dealing with. So I'm on the phone. I've got, I've got a psychic in San Francisco on the phone. I've got a psychic in Sacramento on the phone. I've got a psychic in Carmichael on the phone. I look like the president. I had all these phones. And um, my psychic out of Carmichael finally gets a hold of me, and she says, you know, it, it, it's a woman, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't have a face. And at that point, I looked over, and I, I pulled everybody out, because if something doesn't have a face or show you a face... That usually means that it's it's either some kind of banshee or it's it's demonic because what happens is is they're not of this earth so they don't know how to show their face so either if it's demonic they're going to have a you know they're going to have an animal type face or whatever if it's a banshee or something like that or something like I said something that's not of this earth it's not going to know how to make a face okay so it's going to have blank there and this is what she told me was this thing. This thing had a blank face, and at that point, I, I I pulled the team out and I said, "Look, we're in over our heads. We need to get somebody else in here that knows what they're doing." So then I put in a call to a shaman that we have on our team and had her come out, and she finished off the case. But I was irritated with the client at that point because he had not told us some you know key information, like the thing about the dryer uh, door getting ripped off, because that 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 was a biggie. Okay, when you hear something with that that that, that can provide that kind of impact and that that kind of thing happening it's 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 not a human ghost or a human spirit at all um another active area old sacramento here um is active because obviously it's like a lot of the old towns you know any old town you go into is active just like we talked the other night we talked about woodland and we you know and uh how active Main Street in Woodland is. We talked about how active Main Street in Placerville is. Well, Old Sacramento is just as active. 
you go into the majority of the shops in there and they're going to tell you stories about ghosts in their shops. I mean, we've investigated Evangeline's. We did the River City Cafe. Um, we did a couple other places in Old Sac. We've even done, we've even done some investigating underground. And one thing that's interesting is I am not an or an or person, but I've got, for me to like say it's an orb, it has to coincide with events that are going on or something the psychic says or, or something along that line, or maybe we get an EVP that coincides with the orb. On this particular night, we were at the old, the, the, they have an old schoolhouse in old Sacramento. And it was about 105 degrees outside. And I was out there with a friend of mine who's psychic and we were watching the swings and I was watching all the sudden as I'm watching the swing set, it starts moving by itself. And granted, we're by the river. There's probably a breeze, yada, yada, yada. But there was no breeze that night. And this is about, like, probably 7 o'clock at night. And um, I thought, well, I'm going to take a picture. And the picture I got shows a lone orb on this swing. As the swing is going back and forth, I even shot video of it. But there's this orb on this swing, and it's going back and forth. See, that's one of the things where I think, okay, we got this going on. You know, this is going on, this is going on. There's an orb there, so maybe you know, maybe it's something paranormal. So I put it up on uh, I put it up on the team website. The other thing that happened that night was she kept saying that there were the ghosts of the ghosts of children were running around there because it's an old schoolhouse, and they were, it was near grad night. I think it was it had to be like June sometime because the 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 um, the kids from high school were graduating or college and they were kind of rambunctious walk rambunctious i sound old but they were making a lot of noise giggling and whatnot walking up and down the uh gangplanks in old sacramento and it was funny because i was shooting pictures and i got these four orbs that look like they're standing at the gate of the schoolhouse and they're peering out as these people walk by so i thought that was kind of a cool shot you know um so i mean you can either take it for what it's worth it's either it's either an orb or it's not or whatever, but I mean, it's just the circumstances behind it. Excuse me a second. Ugh, let me straighten up. It's just the circumstances that went with it that that make it more legit for me as far as 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 far as you know that orb activity, you know, to prove. Because I mean, orbs are hard to prove, especially if you're outside. You know, you get colored orbs, but outside, you know, pollen will create the colors. You know, when when you take a photo, you'll get like all these really cool colored orbs. But on the other hand, when you have something that happens, like the kids are out there giggling, you know, I've got a psychic with me saying, oh, no, there's, there's kids, in, there's young kids in here playing, that kind of thing. And then I get a picture of, of what looks like these orbs glued to where the, you know, the doorway is. And it looks like they're, they're almost looking out towards where these people are giggling. Then I kind of start to think, you know, there's something to it. Um, we investigated Evangeline's. And that was a rather interesting investigation in that while we were out there, um, some curanderos came out. And it was neat because they were in their Aztec outfits. And we were out there with Channel 10. And um, I remember asking them, specifically I, I asked them, I said, well, can you do me a, you know, what are you doing here while we're here to cleanse the, you know, cleanse the building? And I said, well, can you do me a favor and wait and let, and let us do this for TV and then you guys can cleanse it. And I'm, I'm fine with it. So they, so they very patiently waited. Um, I talked with them and they gave me some extra sage and, and gave me some stuff, which was kind of cool. And we did the investigation there. And that was a very interesting investigation because um, eventually this also has an upstairs area and you know, you got the regular sales floor area and then you got a basement in Evangelines and the basement Evangelines is really creepy down there. Lights turn on and off by themselves um, it's a supply room, and, and and supplies tend to go missing down there. You know, employees don't like to go down there alone. And while we were down there, we got a couple of EVPs. We were working with dowsing rods, and we were supposedly talking to the uh, ghost of a man. And, uh, again, you know, for evidence-wise, you get the dowsing rods going, you get a reply from somebody. So it's cool. And then Stephanie uh, Paige Belson was the psychic of record. She said there was a man down there, and there, there were a couple of men upstairs that appeared to be um, – Making the toast because I guess there were, there was a hidden bar upstairs, <laughs> which doesn't surprise me for that for for that day and time, you know. And then there was also um, I was alone on the stairwell that kind of went upstairs, and I was sitting there and right in the doorway where I was at, I, I was in contact via the dowsing rods with another gentleman, 
So that's an interesting place. You know, I'd like to get back in there someday and do that. The place where we got a lot of stuff going on was uh, the River City Saloon, and that was with Jeff Marr of Channel 10. And uh, he even uh, went down in the basement area and was taking photos, and he got a still photo of what looked like a woman carrying a, ba- carrying a baby in her arms down on, on the bottom, on, on, in the basement floor way in the corner. And uh, the, coincidentally, while he was doing that, I was working with Stephanie, and I, we were in contact with what appeared to be a woman, but she had been a lady of the night, the one we were talking to on the stairwell that was leading down that way. So was it the same one? I don't know, but that's what we got that night, that day. And uh, it was a very interesting investigation. In fact, I, um, I've, I found the photo the other day, and I'm going to post it up on the radio website to show you guys what we actually got, you know, in, in that area. Because Jeff Marr is, is a uh, paranormal enthusiast, so he was real excited to get down in there and, and actually do that. But... Old Sacramento's full of ghosts. I went out there because um, I'm a photographer, so I like to go out and shoot photos. So I'm out there frequently, you know, in the evenings with my friend. And I have one friend, like I said, a psychic lives in Davis. And she went out with me, and we were out at the old at, at the train depot station. And uh, I was just shooting photos of the old trains. They don't move at night, we, we hope. And, you know, I'm on, here I am out on the tracks taking these photos. And she got really spooked. And I said, well, what's wrong? She says, there's... I don't know what that was. Probably the dog knocked something over. See, I get spooked too when I'm doing when I'm telling these stories and things fall. Um, so she um, she got spooked, and I asked her what was going on. She said, "Well, there's a man. He seems like he's kind of angry, and I just don't want to go over in that direction." And I said, "Well, um, I'll go over there. I have no problem with it, you know." So I tell him, "I said, you know, I mean, you no harm. I'm just here taking photos. Um, you know, please don't." Please don't bother us or hurt us or anything like that. And and um, I didn't have any problem with him. She just didn't want to go that way. She just felt really uncomfortable. He made her feel uncomfortable. But that was um, in a little train station thing in Old Sacramento. And he did follow us around for quite a while. You know, he I think he was just curious to see what I was doing out there at like seven eight o'clock at night taking photos. So um, that's one of the other adventures we had out there. Another place we go to is the Ride Hotel in Ride, California, and that's off of the Sacramento River. And again, we went with a news team up there. Um, we did a walk around on Facebook Live with uh, Trish Dolis, one of our psychics. And this is, you know, this place was built during Prohibition, so you can pretty much get the picture of what went on there. And as, as we were walking around, Trish got the impression that there was a gentleman that kind of ran things for the ladies of the night, and he he was really uh, mean to the to to, to the girls. And at one point, Monica, who was with me, ended up getting pushed off to the side. And there was always, when this guy appeared, there was like a foul smell. And Trish said that the smell, you know, I, I don't, I can't really say the word here on Facebook. I mean, on, on uh, the video without getting nailed, but poop smell. Let's we'll just say poop. We'll be nice about it. You know, every time he would show up, he smelled like poop or like he didn't shower or something. But you could always tell you would walk through pockets of it. And then Trish would be in communication with him. And uh, I know Monica kind of got knocked into a wall. I got knocked into a wall. He didn't like me because I was more. I guess, I guess he liked. I, he liked his. He liked his women to be submissive. And me, I'm not submissive. I'm just like, look, dude. You know, I'm one of those people. <laughs> um, charge my own destiny, right? So later on that night, um, with the reporter there. Later on that night. Um, I was alone. Everybody else had gone upstairs to uh, do a couple sessions with the reporter, and I wanted to get some cameras up. So my, it was my mother and I were there, I think, that night. And uh, I went downstairs in, in, in the speakeasy, and the rumor is there's a gentleman that, a ghost of a gentleman that hangs out behind the bar, and he that, that, that's his territory. That's his thing, you know. He's one of those territorial ghosts that doesn't like anybody coming in around his bar area so down I go I've got this white I've got this white California haunt shirt on and down down downstairs I go with, with all my might to get down there and I'm setting up cameras and as I'm setting up the camera I suddenly get this feeling that I'm being watched and I mean not only did I get a feeling I'm being watched I had a feeling that whatever was watching me was not happy about it so I backed out of the room I didn't want to turn turn my back on the room itself so I walked backwards and I got to the stairway 
and I and, and, and I looked up in the dark and I said, please don't hurt me. And I started because I had to go up the stairs. So I, I went backwards up the stairs about halfway and then turned around and went back up to where, you know, back up to the second landing. Got up there, left the door open, was starting to monitor the cameras. And then I got a real funny feeling with the door open. So I shut the door. Okay. Well, I've got a bad back. So around an hour later, I need to take a, I, I, I need to take a Tylenol. So I go to the women's restroom. And I uh, walk in there. Everything's cool. I'm walking in the women's restroom. There was no way to get water at that time, so the only way to do it was, was the sink, right? So you're going to put your head down there and try and get some water when, when, once you take your pill. I leaned over to take my pill, and in my mind's eye, I see a hand reach behind my head and push my head against the wall. This is my mind's eye. So I look up, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm so done with this. So I get out of the bathroom. I go sit outside because by, by now I'm just like, okay, dude, I'm fine with it. Somebody doesn't want me here. Somebody's uncomfortable with me here. Fine. Finally, you know, finally get my act together to go inside, and I'm, I want to get upstairs because I want to tell Trish about it. My mom, I had her watching TV in the other room. She was watching. I think it was, I don't know what she was watching. It was Halloween, so maybe it was Hallmark. By then, you know, Christmas movies were on Hallmark, so I think my mom was in the, was, was in the lounge watching Hallmark that night. And... Um, I go to go upstairs. It was like that scene in Poltergeist. You know how, like, like when she's trying to get down the hallway to Carol Ann, and uh, suddenly the hallway gets longer and darker? This is what happened. I got up to the, the first level to go find people, and it got pitch, almost pitch black up there in the hallway. And I'm looking down because I knew they were down at the end of the hallway. And I start walking. As, as I'm walking down the hallway, it's getting darker and darker. So at that point, I was like, no, I'm turning around. I get the message. So I did. I turned around, went downstairs, and I ended up waiting for them to come downstairs to tell them what happened. We get done with the investigation, pack everything up. They're, they had had some stuff going on in the room where they were at, um, you know, where they were in communication with, with a gentleman and some women and whatnot up there, and and somebody got shoved and all this was going on, and pack up, go home. And I'm talking to my, my friend from Davis about, you know, what – what transpired at the you know at this hotel and she says well he thought that you were his girlfriend and they had had this huge fight she says I, I see them fighting and I see him chasing her up the stairs and I see him finally slap and then I didn't tell her anything about what happened in the bathroom to me I didn't say a word to her and she says I, I see him slamming her head against the side of the wall wow right and the thing was, because I had a white shirt on, he was seeing it as a, a, a wedding thing, because she mentioned that they, they were supposed to get married, and she had her wedding dress on in this. So probably because I had this white the, this white shirt on, you know, he, for some reason, whatever dimension he was looking through, he was equating this thing with, with the wedding dress that she had. But it's just amazing that, you know, I saw this in my mind's eye. I saw this, I saw this hand come down behind me and slam, to slam my head against the wall. And then I get home and I'm talking to my friend and she says, well, she says, yeah, he was really angry with her and he chased her through and he chased her and she tried to get away from him in the bathroom and he came in and slammed her head against the wall. The other strange thing about that place is we did make a trip there without my mother and uh, my sister took care of my mom that night. We came home that night and remember we're dealing with prohibition and there were a lot of gangsters up there at that time. And my mother like about three in the morning wakes up screaming and I go running in there to see what's going on with her. And she says, Oh my God. Oh my God. They're, they're dumping the bodies in the river. They're dumping the bodies in the river. And this is something that happened that they have, that they have found, you know, doing, doing research found out that, that like, you know, the mob, right. You're talking about the mob concrete shoes, right? So they were taking these guys, you know, they, they would kill people or whatever. And they, they would dump the bodies in the river. And so my mother, I guess, I don't know if something came home with me, because that's a possibility. But whatever it was, my, my mother saw it. She woke up yelling about it. You know, she had a nightmare about it. So that, that place was different. You know, we, we're, we're trying to get back out, <laughs> out there because it is, it is a cool place to, to, to hunt. But, I mean, you have to understand what you're dealing with out there. In fact, one of the trips we made out there, they have pictures. A lot of movie stars stayed out there. Clark Gable stayed out there. Vivian Lay stayed out there. And a few others, and it was funny because Vinny on our team, 
has a huge crush on Vivian Leigh, which I didn't know. And one of the first trips we made out there, I was uh, using dowsing rods, and something came through on the rods that claimed to be Vivian Leigh. And the reason why I know is because, A, we got the name, you know, the psychic got the name, but because the pictures are on the walls, right? I said, well, who am I talking to? Can you, can you lead me to your photo on the wall so I can see who I'm talking to? And the dowsing rods led me to the picture of Vivian Leigh. And uh, Vinny was just beside himself, excited because he just idolizes Vivian Leigh, you know. So he, you know, we figured we were, in, you know, we were talking to Vivian Leigh. So it's a neat hotel, you know, and it's across from the town of Locke, which we haven't had a chance to investigate. Um, Locke is an old Chinese settlement on on the river, and they say there's a lot of ghosts in there. But a lot of the teams that go in there, you have to have a lot of respect because there's still a lot of people's relatives are still, you know living there from the first settlement. So you have to have a lot of respect for the people, you know, for, for, for those people in addition to the dead. Okay. You know, there's just a lot of respect. Um, another story that's kind of funny I have is along that line is uh, we went out near Marysville and I can't remember where it was, but there was this famous um, nightclub out there that has an old Chinese junk outside. Now, for people that don't know what a Chinese junk is, it's a boat. It's a ship. And they kind of look like a pirate ship, only, they're, only, only they call them Chinese junk. Why? I don't know. I don't know the history. But I know that there's, there's stories of people going in there and hearing voices on this, on, on this Chinese junk, um, playing like mahjong, stuff like that. So I go in there with some mahjong, you know, I'm going to play. We get there early, and of course it's a nightclub, and this is one of the things you face too, Unless they shut the place down completely for you, you're going to have to wait till closing time of the bars, okay? And we get out there early, Karen and I, Karen Clark and I, get out there early, and it's a hangout for gang members. Well, I'm not going to say gang members. I mean, if I typecast it, it sounds tacky, but let's just put it this way. There was a lot of bling around these guys' neck, okay? And I was more than willing to wait out in the car for the guys to get here because, because I knew we had like five guys coming. And I thought, well, I don't want to go in there. There's just too many people. It's, it's kind of scary. You know, it's intimidating. And Karen goes, no, I have to go to the bathroom now. I really do. I really do. And I thought, oh, my God. So we get out of the car. We go into this place. And we have to pass security. The guy's huge. You know, the guy's built like a brick wall. Get past security. Go walking in. And Karen, Karen's brave as hell. You know, she's just like, yeah, I'm going in. It's cool. Two, you know two women going in this place and they're dancing and they're, they're drinking and partying and eating and and i'm looking around and these guys have blue like mr t you know what i mean it's just it's just total bling and i'm just looking at karen going man we're in trouble we gotta get in here and get out so we're walking around and karen goes to the bathroom we come out of the bathroom and i'm, I'm like i'm going outside i'm done you know i'm getting the hell out of here and because I can see these guys off and, and then they're eyeballing us, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out who the hell we are and, wh and why we're there. Right. And <laughs> Karen, to her credit, comes out and uh, the guy, I guess she got stopped and somebody says, well, who, who the heck are you? And Karen just tidied up and looked up and she goes, I'm a ghost hunter. I'm a psychic. And the room got quiet. And all of a sudden everybody goes, hello, ghost hunter psychic. It was really funny. You had to, you had to really be there to experience it because you got to figure this is like, this is like eleven o'clock at night. You know that this is happening, and I'm telling you, all these guys have bling and they're they're big people, right? They're big guys, and not many women in the crowd. And there we are. So we get outside, and while we're out there, Karen says, "Look, look, look! There's a mist. There, there, there's a mist over by the main gate." And so we go over and look at this mist, and I caught it on camera. We don't know what the mist was, but. There was some kind of mist there, like something was watching us, you know, when we were outside. Got back to the car, the guys show up. You know, we're telling the guys about, you know, what would happen while we were in this place. And, they, they, and they, of course, of course, they think it's hilariously funny, you know. So they cleared the place out. We did the investigation. Um, got some electrical spikes in there. You know, there were reports of the, of the front door opening and closing by itself and noises in the kitchen and stuff like that. So we got some EVPs out of it and stuff like that. But that's one of the more fun stories is, the, is when Karen and I had to go in there with these, these these big guys had all this bling on and you know and <laughs> if you ever feel out of place that's where you're going to feel out of place right here i'm dressed like this with a t-shirt you know with, with one of my shirts on and and that's it you know and, and and we walk and karen's dressed in a dress or whatever karen's wearing and and karen just stands up with all her might and says i'm a ghost hunter and i'm a psychic 
Which they, you know, of course, you know, because back then Ghost Hunters was a big deal. So, I mean, they were like pure respect when they found out, you know, what, what Karen was doing there and stuff. So it was kind of funny, you know. But that place, I think, is still out there. I forget the name of it now. I think, I think it changed names. But I believe that Chinese junk is still there. And I never did get the chance to get out there because we got a late start to place a mahjong on the Chinese junk, you know. Um, that's another cool place. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff out here. You know, like I said, the, 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 the old, both, both, both the governor's mansions are, are, are active. Um, again, old Sacramento, there's a bicycle shop that's supposed to be really active. We haven't had a chance to go in there, but there is a bicycle shop. The old city cemetery, that's another place that's neat to go to. You know, if you ever get a chance to go on one of their uh, lantern tours, we're trying to get them again to start psychic tours so we can get, excuse me, we can get our psychics out there. To give tours, because at one time Nancy Matz used to do psychic cemetery tours out there, and they were fa- it was fabulous. And I caught quite a bit on camera, um, you know, out there. Uh, there's a girl, and I got a funny story about that place, too. There's supposedly, at one point, there's, there's a young girl that passed away on Christmas Eve, or it was around the holidays, and she had been wearing this, this blue gown that she wanted to... Um, dance in that evening so they say that they can see her dancing at night in amongst the graves another interesting thing that happened my, my mother my mother had abilities and even when she was younger didn't admit it but she did and uh, she and i did the tour a couple of times and the one time we did the tour together there was one spot where this nancy had said that there had been a, lim, a lemon you know a, a lemon tree growing and um it was a weird spot because somebody, I think, had hung themselves from this tree, I, I think was the story. And if you stood in one, one certain spot and tried to take a picture, the camera would die. If you stepped over like three feet, you could get a picture. But if you stepped back over the other side, you couldn't get a picture. I tried, right? Tried everything. I tried like 12 photos in between these two areas, and you know that, that was the result. But it was funny because my mother did not hear the story. I don't know where she was. She missed the part about that having been a lemon tree there. And she walked up behind me and said, wow, I really smell lemons. And I said, really, you do? And she said, yeah, I mean, it's really, really strong right here. So she smelled, you know, this lemon tree at the cemetery. Um, Mary Woolsey grave, uh, Mary Woolsey uh, passed away, I think, in the early 1900s. A lot of people died of cholera. You know, cholera, like, hit every little town. And... I uh, used to shoot with infrared film when I when I was using my um, my original Minolta camera when I was in college, and it's hard to load. If you if you ever try to shoot with film with infrared, you have to load it in pitch black because it's so sensitive to light. So I used to have to load these things in in our back bathroom. I used to cover the windows with um, with uh, tin foil, aluminum foil. And black all the windows out so I could load the film. And it's messy because, you know, you are trying to load in the dark, so sometimes you get fingerprints all over it, too. It really really bites. So you have to, it's very delicate to load. And so on this night, I had the camera. The other thing when you're shooting with infrared on, on a regular um, SLR camera is that you have to have a very, very dark red filter on the front of the camera because you're going to blow flash. And it makes it really hard. You can't focus on anything, especially if you're in the dark. You cannot focus because you can't see the see through the viewfinder. So you're pretty much aiming and shooting and hoping and hoping to all gods that you have um, a focus on there, right? So we're over at, Mar- at the Mary Woolsey's grave um, with Nancy Matz giving the tour, and she's describing where Mary Woolsey is, and she's kind of pointing in this direction. So I decided to take a photo, and sure enough, in fact, it's on our website. Sure enough, I pick up something shimmering there, and you can actually see a hat on it, and you can see, like, pearls around the neck of, of whoever, whatever this is. But you can actually see the pearls. And if you go on the website at www.californiahaunts.org and just kind of cruise around to look at the photos, you'll see this photo of, 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 the, of the shape there, and you, know, you can actually see the pearls around this, the shape's neck. Um, and that was done with um, infrared film. And, you know, a lot of places, too, I had to, because I was taking photography in college at the time, so a lot of places don't know how to develop that stuff, and I knew how to develop it, because it's, it's, it's a different type of development, too. So, again, you have to do it in pitch black, so there I am in the back bathroom, 
<laughs> you know, in the dark with the sink developing this stuff. Um, so it turned, you know, it turned out nice. Another interesting thing too is there, there's a telephone pole or a light pole, depending on what you want to call it, that's kind of like in the middle of the cemetery. And for some reason, and this would be something that I'd do if I was dead, because it's cool, right? For some reason, there's a particular ghost that likes to climb to the top of this pole, and it likes to look down. He likes to look down on everybody that's walking below him. Now, what a great afterlife, right? If 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 you're one of those person, if you're a person that's a people watcher, what better place to do it from but on top of some pole? So you know, every time I would go down there, I would look up at this pole and think there was somebody up there. Even when I go now, because so our team will shoot their um, will shoot their PR photos in there in that cemetery, you know, for the website. So again, I had the infrared lens on there, and I shot up there. And sure enough, if you look at the at the top of the pole, you can actually see it's blurry because, like I said, you can't get a good you know, and you get real it's, it's hit or miss on focusing at that point because um, you don't want, if you take the if you take that filter off the front, you're going to expose the film and your film screwed up. So it's a hit or miss thing. So you can see something or someone sitting up on top of that pole which is kind of cool in the photo. And again, that's on the website too, you know, but that's that old city cemetery is kind of cool because a lot of, you know, um, there's a ghost in there also, cause it's, it's, it's divided into sections. You got the firefighters, you know, well, it's kind of like in the other cemetery where you got the military part and all this. And, um, there's a lot of famous people from Sacramento, from the history of California and Sacramento, John Sutter Jr. is there, you know, stuff like that. And there's one particular guy that was, um, a train engineer that passed away there and Nancy Matz reports that his ghost still hangs out in that cemetery as well. Some people are still waiting to see people, you know, are still waiting for their family members. So some are just, you know, leisurely sitting on stoops, people watching to see if their family members come through. There's a section for children there where people hear children giggling like they're playing out there. You know, stuff like that. But it's cool because, like, you go there and you go there in the spring and it's a Victorian cemetery. So there's, there's gorgeous flowers everywhere. I mean, it's just like a park. It's just beautiful. And that um, one, one day we were out there with a gentleman who used to run, who used to curate the tours. He's the one that used to arrange all, all the cemetery tours and everything. And I was out there with Beck and Randy and we were doing um, their shots for the website. And I actually caught, we were over by this, um, over by this uh, fountain that's, that's kind of like in the that's kind of like in the center of the cemetery, and I actually caught someone standing next to Becca. Now, could this have been this gentleman? It could have been this gentleman because he he just loved the cemetery so much, just loved it, absolutely loved it. So that shots that shots around the website too, you know, and that that was during the day that I caught that. That that wasn't a night shot at all. That was just with regular film, and and, and I got that shot. So there's a lot of interesting haunted locations. In Sacramento, a lot of haunted houses. You know, um, you you can look them up and you can do drive-bys. Sometimes they're even oh, it's, you know, some of them are museums to where they're open to the public. Like we talked about the Yellow County Historical Museum the other night. You know, stuff like that. So you'll see them. I mean, there's there's just different houses. You know, there's a real famous one. I can't remember the name. It saved my life. But a, but quite a few investigators have gone in there. And there's a lot of activity that's not that's nice and not so nice in there. But I mean, that's a place. Even I've heard that even if you stand outside, you might pick up an EVP. You know, standing in the standing in the alley behind the house. You know, stuff like that. So I mean, it's all over. It's all over. And just like this whole thing of you know, people want to ghost hunt in the dark. The reason they ghost hunt in the dark is because it's exciting. It's more exciting that way. But you could still get stuff during the day in the broad daylight. I mean, if if if, if you're not into going out in the dark and scare and scaring the bejesus out of yourself. You know, if if you go out during the day in daylight, you're going to pick stuff up too. It's just, it's just more exciting at night. Right. Because, you know, it's like a Halloween thing. You go out there and you're walking around in the dark and maybe you feel something tap you on the arm or something. And it's going to be a lot more exciting than if you're out during the day and something taps you on the arm. Right. You know, that's why, that's why people, ghost hunters go out at night. It's not that they can see better or anything like that. I mean, granted for their FLIR cameras. Yeah. You know, you do see, stuff with the FLIR cameras, but I mean, other than that, I mean, you can get EVPs during the day just as well as you can get EVPs at night. I mean, I've talked about 
the Sequoia and Placerville. That's a that's a perfect example of that because a lot of the EVPs we've gotten from Sequoia and a lot of the pictures we've gotten from Sequoia have been during the day. It's been the morning hours, like between between nine and noon. It doesn't have to be the dark, right, to do this stuff. But I mean, yeah, you know, even in your own town, if you start looking around, you look if you you look close enough, you're going to find places like I said that that there's a high turnaround of where people are living. And usually, more than likely, it's either been a murder in the murder in the house, and people are uncomfortable living there. You know, first they'll say, "Oh yeah, I want to live here," but then after a while, you know, you start sitting around in your home alone and stuff. You start hearing the house creak and stuff, and you you start to wonder, you know, is is it a ghost or is it just my being paranoid because I know somebody was was t- was killed in this house or whatever. You know that happens. But I'm just saying is that if you if you if you live in a neighborhood and you see a certain house that has a huge turnaround you start you start thinking about maybe there's a ghost in there the house i'm talking in particular in this neighborhood there were two people living there and they had a domestic fight and one killed the other and then committed suicide so you know and and i've seen in fact there's somebody living there now and it's, i think that's the longest it's been a couple of years two three four years so that's the longest that they've lived in this house and so probably whoever lives there either doesn't have the sensitive abilities to to hear the stuff or see the stuff or they just choose to make peace with it and just and just live with it because the house hasn't been hasn't turned over in a while but for the longest time maybe three months four months five months somebody would be moving in and out of that house also of native americans i mean there's, there's ways to make peace like if you move into a house like we did a house over in rosemont that had native americans Native American ghost. It was funny because we picked up a voice of a little girl in this house upstairs. And what was funny about it is when they were doing EVP session, this woman had cats. And um, the, the voice was just really animated, you know, really high-pitched. And when I heard the first EVP, my first reaction was that it was the cat. I thought, oh, my God, the cat said something. But then, then of course, my team went, no, 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 dummy, it's not the cat. It's got to be this. It's got to be a little girl. And so all it says is I just want I I just wanted some attention. That's all the voice says. The real high pitched little girl's voice. And she doesn't have a young daughter. She doesn't have grandchildren. This gal. So this whatever this ghost was. But I mean, this is a case too where there, there were Native Americans, uh, Native American ghosts on the property. So what we did was we said, well, you know. Um, just give them something to appease them. So you give them tobacco, you know, you give them gifts like tobacco and stuff like that and rocks, stones, stones from the property, you know, and then, and then they, then they're appeased. And so, you know, the, so the, all the noises and problems stop. Um, yeah. So you run into that stuff all the time and, you know, more often than not, there's just certain pockets and areas that have more activity than others. Lamb park out here has a lot of activity, um, Citrus Heights has a lot of activity. There was a Japanese, well, not Japanese internment park, but it was a um, camp park. Uh, there was a camp there that was a transfer station for the Japanese internment park. I keep saying park, my gosh. There, there was a transfer station for the Japanese internment camps up in Tule Lake in Los Angeles. They would bring them to this one particular area um, in Citrus Heights. And people to this day see these the, the ghosts of, of, of these poor of these Japanese people going up and down their streets sometimes the houses the sometimes people have reported that they that they come out of closets they'll just be sitting there getting dressed or sitting on the bed or whatever and then somebody will come out of the closet or their door or, or, or they'll ring the doorbell their doorbell ringers but this has been going on for years and years and years and years in this one particular neighborhood and this is right where this the, the, this transfer camp was and we've had a couple cases out there that we've done, you know, with people that, that, that were having issues. So, I mean, you know, Sacramento is very, very active. Land Park, there's a lot of Native Americans. So you're going to run into that. Folsom, a lot of Native Americans. Rockland, a lot of Native Americans. Roseville, same thing. You know? And like I said, I'm over here on Fafa Rosemont. A lot of Native Americans. So you're going to run into stuff. Uh, we did a case in Real Linda that involved Native Americans. In fact, one one of the Native Americans out there was a medicine man that, that would come through the, 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 the young son's bedroom at night. Scared him to death. All dressed up in his finery. 
he'd come through the bedroom at night. So you run into that a lot, and that's why you need a shot. That's why you know if you're going to go out on these things, you need a shaman. And that's the other thing people have to remember. And I want to, I want to um, clarify a few things. You know, people call you and they want a cleansing done on their house, and the problem is that you know because they watch the stuff on TV. You know, it's it's a lot. They they think there's a one size fits all. Yeah, just just bring the psychic out to do a cleansing. The problem with that is that, like I said, there's a lot of Native American stuff going on out here. You got Chinese stuff. You got Asian, excuse me. You got Asian stuff going on out here as well. And if you go out with the wrong type of cleansing, it's not going to do any good. You have to go out for that particular cleansing because an Asian is not going to believe in your Catholic cleansing. A Native American is not going to believe in a Catholic cleansing. You know your Catholic prayers, or whatever prayers you are for Methodist or whatever. They're not going to believe in that. That should make some sense to you, right? So a full investigation has to be done so that you can tell what type of clean, you know, what type of stuff you have to do to, when you're out there. Believe me, a Native American is not going to like you coming out and, and, and reading uh, Bible scriptures to, to him to try and get him out of somebody's house. Okay? Just like, just like an Asian may not like that. Asian may be Catholic. We don't know. You, know, you don't know what religion they are. So you have to, that's the job of the team that comes out. They have to come out and determine exactly what type of ghost is it happening in the house or whatever. Because it's a whole different ballgame. Just like you can't have just any Native American come out. If you're at one tribe, okay, because there's different tribal sects all over the place. If you have one particular tribe there and you bring out a Native American that's not from that tribe, who claims to be a medicine man, you might get results, but you might not because that's not a tribal member. You have to call out somebody from that particular tribe and have them come out to do the job. Just like with our shaman. Our shaman will work on a one-size-fits-all sometimes, but not all the time. It just depends on, on what's going on with the case. Anyway, that's my soapbox for today. I'm sorry the guest didn't come in today. I'm going to try and get a hold of her and Ken and find out what happened, um, whether whether that my emails were being blocked or something was going on because we were communicating up until yesterday, and then boom, you know. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed my stories. I have lots of them. been doing this for a long time, almost 18 years. And um, Monday, <laughs> Seth Shostak is going to be with us from SETI. He's already confirmed I'm good, you know. So he's going to be talking to us about life elsewhere in the universe. You know, and um, I'm looking at different things. Okay. Thank you, Jerry. And uh, so we're, he's going to be talking to us about SETI and, 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 and the kind of work they do to try and communicate with um, with extraterrestrials. So we're going to be talking with him, and we've got a great lineup of guests for next week. So I'm really excited about that. But again, I'm, I apologize for our guest not appearing tonight. I'll have to figure out what happened with that. But I hope you enjoy the stories. And I hope you learned something, too, you know, about uh, different ghosts and how we deal with them and the different hauntings around here. And uh, I've got a lot to share with you. Haunt, haunted B-29s that, that, that we've done, haunted aircraft carriers that we've been on, things like that, you know that we've investigated. But I want to let you guys go. Oh, yeah, don't forget, Sunday evening at 6 p.m., we're going to start our Christmas stuff. And that is, I'm going to read from Dickens' Christmas Carol every Sunday night, maybe three or four, maybe, maybe three or four chapters until we uh, get to December 24th. But I'm going to be reading from a Christmas Carol, and that'll be our little Christmas dedication celebration thing. So that'll be, the, the, that'll be starting Sunday night at around 6 or 6.30. Okay, I will see you guys on Monday. I will see you. Actually, I'll see you guys Sunday, huh? I keep saying Monday, but yeah, I'll be I'll be here. I will be here Sunday. So I will see you guys Sunday around six thirty, and we're gonna start reading Christmas Carol. See ya.